Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment podcast. We have Pastor Kim Severe, Nick Chandler on the controls, and it's me, Jim Parkin. How's everybody doing? Good. Good to be here. Doing well. Thank you. Been a while. It has been. Yes, it is. I miss your face, man. Me? The feeling is mutual. Not you. <laughs> You're not even looking at his face. This is ridiculous. They can't see that. But this is, but this is what we have tonight. Our regular director and producer of the show, Ashley Chandler, is out of the building. So we don't know what's going to happen. Other than this is a Freedom Center podcast, so... Yeah, so we we will be under control. So what we're going to talk about, we'll just have a conversation tonight about Pastor Kim was a retired police officer, and I'm currently a paramedic, and we're both veterans. So we're going to talk about the holidays and not being home for the holidays or being on shift. Um, for me, I, it's never really been that bad, particularly the Army. Being in Korea for a Christmas was actually really cool to have all your top brass and dress blues serving dinner and stuff like that. Well, first off, like how how was you guys' like I don't want to say child holidays, but was did you Jim always have like a holiday thing all the time that you always had to do, or you like can, growing up? Yeah, like growing up or anything like that. Just kind of the standards. My just birthday kind of standards. falls four days before Christmas. So. Okay, I'm just kind of curious because I you know I wanted to see if oh, well, you, know, yeah. you guys were used to doing something and really liked it, and then all of a sudden you guys go into the military or with your jobs and. All of a sudden, you're just missing all the holidays. I don't know how you guys. So, we had you know all the all the family stuff it was always super good. We, I know that the only one for me that that was kind of rough was when I first went into basic training. They still had like a, a Christmas furlough, so they were going to send us home for Christmas, then you'd go right back, like a four day pass or something. However, it was 1990. And Operation Desert Shield was underway, and they were looking like Desert Storm was going to start. So they canceled. They canceled that. Oh man! And senior drill said, "All right, ladies, tell your mammies that you're going to war and you're probably going to die. Merry Christmas." And nothing so, like it. Nothing like it. And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> that was exactly what I did. Wow. Mom, senior drill says we're going to war. We're probably going to die. Merry Christmas. Got to go. Peace. Wow. And she was. <laughs> Which, obviously, we all know now that that didn't happen because I'm yeah. sitting here. Yeah, obviously. But also, Desert Storm was started. It's over. What'd your mom say? <laughs> Nothing. She said, okay. <laughs> Love you, honey. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, we had dyed-in-the-wool family stuff every year. You ask Nick if we had regular stuff. It was always the same church Christmas Eve, family first thing in the morning, uh, opening gifts, um, my mom made homemade pecan rolls that my wife and my sister now continue on the tradition of, and my brother. And uh, I've had one of those pecan rolls, I think, right? Yeah, I believe you have. And if you haven't, we'll see to it this season. And I'm not a big, like, pecan, like, you know, person, but my good Lord, 
<laughs> it's like a little baby angel in your mouth. Yes, my wife it's, is good at those. It's just, it's <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> She's so, a baby angel. So, 77, I went into uh, the Army. I was away for three Christmases. Um, first, the first one, I was stationed at this little tiny um, post in Germany, and I had gotten involved in the chapel program there and I was singing in the choir and things like that because that's that was a passion of mine and the chaplain there and I know there's virtually no chance of anyone knowing this but Major James Bruton B-R-U-T-O-N was my chaplain in Amberg Germany and this man and his wife were the salt of the earth and they took cool. they took lonely searching GIs under their wing and made him feel loved and home for the holidays. He had about 14 or 19 adopted kids, and I, I exaggerate, but he had several adopted children and I think a couple of his own, and it was great. And then I, I just don't recall the Christmases after that because I know my, my last two were stationed in a different place where I was not as actively involved in the chapel program. So it was interesting. Uh, I'd never been away from home for Christmas until December 77, and uh, I agree with you. It, it could have been way bad, but it really wasn't. Right, yeah. It really wasn't. They made it, they made it super cool, and then you have, like, all these letters and stuff coming from, the, when I was in Korea, at least, from the States, and, you know, people wishing you happy holidays. I believe we had, not that he was a superstar, but I think, at the t when I was in Korea, I think Dick Cheney came over. I don't know. I just never minded it. And then now, currently, like this year, I go into where I'll have Christmas Eve off, but then I'll be on shift for Christmas. And it's just, you know. So this is something you guys just kind of got used to, just kind of just service for people. Yeah. Just because it doesn't close. Yeah. And really what's worse, it's not bad working because there's so many people. For once, our management, for one thing, at sports. Uh, sports ambulance service where I work our management team takes really good care so there's a big potluck and they bring in all the main course stuff um, but then there's just people that come out of the woodwork that, that feel bad because you gotta work gotcha. so they bring in stuff gotcha. oh my gosh constant influx of oh, yeah. goodies and food and outpourings of love and stuff yeah. I was fortunate I lived two and a half miles from the station when I was, where I was a police officer and I was able to, most holidays, go home and eat a meal with my family. My first Christmas, I, I was not a certified officer, so I was working the desk. And um, I had to work a double on Christmas Day because a man whose name I will not mention because I won't speak ill of the dead called in sick on Christmas Day. And the low man on the totem pole guess who mm -hmm. had to stay mandatory to overtime double up. a 16 hour day on Christmas day and uh, that was a bummer but they did let me slide out take a police car home and have dinner with my family and then come back so that's good so that was good and most Christmases if I worked um, and the meal was at my parents house or my house in Redford I was there. It was you to take your turn in the barrel. Scheduling just is really what it boiled down to. Right. If you were scheduled on the day, you worked it. And if something, right. I remember one time a, an old veteran guy who had no family to speak of came to me on about the 22nd of December and said, hey, are you scheduled to work Christmas Day? And I said, yes. And he says, I got you. 
And he said, you have the day off now, and I'll be in here to work your shift. It was day shift. And I said, so what What day you want me to pay you back with? He says, you don't need to pay me back. I got your shift Christmas Day. Go be with your family. Man, that's D- good. Dick Blazo, if anybody ever hears that name, he was a great guy. So, so speaking of family, like, how do your wife or your other family members, you know, how the, how did that affect them in a way? Like, is it something they just like the kids or like, like the spouses? Uh, let's oh. say let's let's talk about parents and spouses. Carrie doesn't she doesn't care. It just kind of is what it is. It is how it falls. We've had five years in a row where I've been home for every holiday. It's okay. just that we're just rotating back in. So how about when you're younger? How about in the military and everything? How do your parents oh, they, same thing as you know before <laughs> they're just like all right see ya. It was, that yeah. was the choice you know they understood the choice and your dad was marine anyways too so he was like you gotta do you gotta King do something jarhead. yeah okay marine. what about you um kim they knew that i was overseas and i wasn't coming home for christmas so they accepted they always sent a nice package my mom yeah sent some nice baked goods and stuff like that and uh I, you know, talked to him on the phone. I only talked to him on the phone a couple times a year because it was a different world back then. There were zero right. cell phones. And, uh, you had to jump through a lot of hoops to make phone calls back to the States and Germany back then. Um, but they just knew that it was going to happen. And um, my wife and kids dealt quite well with it when I had to work. I remember some sadness on their parts and on my part because who doesn't want to be with their family on Christmas Day? Really? But uh, they knew it was part of the deal. My wife knew going in, I, we were, I was a police officer for six weeks before we got married, so she knew going in that it was going to be right. um, the way it was. Yep. Same with my kids. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. You know, for them, Christmas come early this year, so what kid does which it? A, yeah, which is a bonus for them, right? Right. You know, and then it's just five to five, so I'm home at five and still have still have time. Still have the evening time or all yeah. that, so... So it's not bad. And like I said before, all the people, all the places you go, anywhere that's open, they're giving you stuff, you know, blessing us with whatever, coffee. And, and so like that. through the years then, do you guys feel like um, there's less people giving you guys things and blessing you, especially with the culture well, nowadays? Or um, With all due respect. Pastor Kim, cops still get more stuff free. Okay. Fire department, fire department people just suspect because this is the truth. Like the full time guys, it's like brotherhood and family, like like family. So yeah. they cook, and they're in the station house and they're cooking together. It's, it's cool. And they go at like early in their shift and they go to the grocery store together and they get the stuff they're gonna have. That's different. And for EMS, it's just especially privatized EMS. Because we're not part of anything, really. We're just kind of... I mean, we're part of the first responder system, Yeah, obviously. But we're not a municipality. And we're, you know, it's just... It's, it's different. There's certain places in this county where I've gone actually with an officer. Because we're coming off the same call. And they'll give him a coffee. But then charge me for the coffee. Which is whatever. I don't mind. But it's just it's, it's just an observation. Yeah, it's just op- observation. And, and do you, what do you think about that, Kim? Do you do you find that? You know, obviously, it's been, <laughs> yeah. you know, you may be this a little. Is where we come off the rails, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. So you, you probably you're a little more 
probably biased with that, but well, you I'm, know, I'm not going to argue. He what he says is true. Yeah, um, people give cops free coffee all the time, and I'm not I'm not saying anything negative against firefighters or paramedics, but they want cops in their establishments because it gives them a sense of security. Okay. Now, I'm certain if somebody goes down and is choking on a donut at Double D or Tim Hortons that they're glad the paramedics are around. Right. But um, For sure. we were built in security and, you know, I'd like to um, set aside all the, some of the myths about donut consumption. Um, most cops were in donut shops because they were open 24 hours and they made good coffee. Yeah, it was and a donut shop coffee is, is, is like bar none. It's probably some of the top coffee in all yeah. the land. And I, For you know, real. I didn't, I didn't eat donuts. And, and that and that goes back to the holidays thing. I ate cinnamon rolls. Yes, you're a true fan, man, right there. <laughs> yeah, donuts. Who cares about donuts? Get those cinnamon yeah. rolls, that glaze. That's Question ridiculous. though, important. <laughs> did you have the clear glaze or did you have like the white frosting? I was a. Uh, or you weren't. Um, I was a sour cream. Oh, guy. I like okay. the sour cream okay. donuts. Gotcha. Nice. That uh, beautiful glaze on the outside melted nice with the hot coffee in my mouth. Yeah. You know, what you say, though, is very true because we have, we'll post up in on the east side of Flint. It's at Dort and Davison. There's a, a a Walgreens, I want to say, maybe a Rite Aid. But they they give us they give us discounts in there because of just having the rig there. It's the same like, I mean, what am I going to throw it? Sailing bag at somebody? It's like, what am I going to do for you? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they feel that same you know, Flint doesn't have the officers to to go to all the places and, and be there and be a presence like that. They just don't. I never thought of the disparity between the services as far as getting free stuff goes. Because we used, we, there were cops that I worked with that would go into a restaurant at lunchtime. And they would get their bill and go to the register. And if the waitress had forgotten to half their bill, the the detective would take out his pen and half his bill at the register and then hand it to the cashier. Holy shit. Wow. Pretty gutsy. Pretty gutsy. I saw that happen a couple times. One guy. And and that was what? 90s? 80s? Yeah, 90s. 80s and 90s both. That's what I thought. And that's the time where unfortunately sometimes, you know, cops, you know, there's always a bad apple somewhere. Sure. So. Sure. But yeah, that is pretty gutsy, man. Also another guy. (laughs) <laughs> off duty put on his uniform shirt and went through Just the drive through at McDonald's with a pair of gym shorts and a uniform shirt on and uh, he got busted by a police See, car you know. that was two people behind him in line <laughs> <laughs> See, but, so but yes yeah, so oh, about with with the whole like yes cops I think they do get more simply just because it's well with stuff like that though but I don't know how it works for you guys that hopefully the same but now when it comes to hospitals when it comes to the ERs okay and it comes to thing like that for us for paramedics you know like I, I say a lot is membership has has its privileges because I don't wait ever I go to the ER I'm not waiting yeah they'll see me they'll recognize me and I could go in in front of a hundred people gotcha every time I don't know if it works quite that smoothly for the officers and stuff are you talking about off duty yeah I don't recall that being the case off-duty. Um, of course, we were not in the hospitals with anywhere near the frequency that you guys were. Right. But when I was on duty, 
they treated me like gold. If I oh, was yeah. there with a prisoner that needed care of some sort or I needed care, there were several times in my career where I needed care myself. A couple of accidents, a couple of um, tiffs with um, displeased citizens that ended up in injuries for me, but they treated me like gold. That's why I've always... Um, I've always told nurses when they get pulled over, make sure the cop knows you're a nurse because I would right. never I would never write a nurse a ticket in a million years if I knew he or she was a nurse. And that's the same thing. That's worked out for me. Irritates my wife. But yeah. but it's especially like in Grand Blank, city or township, anywhere really in the county. Yeah. I could be going noticeably over the speed limit. And I'm like, oh hey, how's it going? Try to keep it down. Yeah, try to keep it down. What's the hurry? All keep right, it under well, hundred, bro. Which, which that's nice because as a civilian and someone that's never, you know, I have done, you know, you know a little bit of my history. I've done a lot of different things and right. experienced a lot of things, and I'm familiar with the military stuff and what have you. But anyways, um, and cops because I've cop families and stuff like that. But like with cops and everything like that, I have always experienced where. I don't know, kind of going back to what you said, cops, I think they did get more because I always saw them working more on holidays. Well, they're Because I think they're more of a presence, right? So I think... More visible. Yeah, so I think obviously more people, they think of that with the holidays and everything else. And so, for instance, you know, I used to be, um, basically I used to be in the REIT world, manage a lot of these like um, commercial properties and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. I had one property that... During the shopping season, it would just get really, really, really packed. And we had to hire the city to do traffic control for us just because it was just so terrible. And now that you, you know, that we're on this conversation, <coughs> I, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness, I like, I, I think I stiffed a couple of people, paramedics, and security people. And what I'm getting at is when the cops were there, I told a, um, a breakfast company, I said, listen, here's my information, you know, on, on the property, whatever. This tab is open. Any cop that walks in here that's working on this traffic, give them whatever they want. Yeah. And so that was on my on my tab. And now that I think about it, there was a paramedic there <laughs> that I didn't include. <laughs> and there wasn't and there's a the security team there as well. But I'll just I kind of was just kind of worried about the cops. Simply just because I think everyone thinks that they're the first ones in, first one, you know, last ones out. Yeah. And deal well, with more life threatening. You know I mean? Yeah, but it just it's not coming things. off that way, Jim. It's like yeah. it is. It is <laughs> what it is. It's not. <laughs> but in reality, though, a lot of times now that I know know you longer and everything, a lot of times the paramedics are the first ones in, not the cops. You know, so yeah, right. it, it's, it's it's weird. It, it shouldn't be that way. But <laughs> it is what it is. But it is. What it is. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is one. First off, thank you both. But right. um, you know, so. And especially for the holiday thing, because I, I grew up from just, you know, holidays were holidays, and they're always just stressful, what have you. But as I grew up and got my whole family, I always wanted to create more of a tradition and not have, and always I always wanted to I'll make sure I had the holidays off. Right. Yeah. So there was a time for like 10 years I worked holidays and everything, but now, I don't know, the last 15 years, I barely never work So on holidays. So I'm thankful for that, but... You know, I have a sister that's a nurse too, but right. since she her kids are grown up and she doesn't really have much else other to do, 
she purposely will take the holidays. Like that gentleman that, you know, took your day. Yeah. She'll go around. If she doesn't get scheduled for, like, Christmas or Thanksgiving or anything like that, she'll she'll try to take people's shifts if they want them. Right. One, it it helps her out and because, you know, it's, what, double time or something like that. And two. <laughs> it is double time. <laughs> yep. So, and but then also at the same time, allows a younger family that can go with their spouse and their kids not uh, yeah. have the holiday. So, you know, as she gets used to it, it's hard for her to turn down the holidays now. Right. Because it's to you guys now, it's just, you can celebrate it another day, right? Yeah, sure. You know, so. You know, it's important to set those traditions and stuff for the kids coming up for like our kids. Yeah. To have that stuff. But they know. They're all, with us, aside from Reagan, the rest of them know. They know that. Yeah. That is part of it. They know, they know why you're going on and the importance of it. I always hated, though, to kind of take a left turn here. I always hate when you have to respond to someone's house on Christmas. I can remember, man, this is probably close to 10 years ago now. We had a fire response. This poor kid, young couple, brand new baby, and just didn't know any better. Got a coffee can, took all the ash out of his fireplace, and just put it in a garbage can in the garage. And to, oh, fortunately, man. it was, you know, we got it knocked down and didn't burn down the house. But yeah, could have been a disaster. But still, it's Christmas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or you respond to someone who has some type of medical situation. Like a horrible, has to go to the hospital. Yeah. It's, you know, those are the things you, we want to avoid. I don't mind being there. I'm just hoping that we just have, have, a, chill day. We have a, a no-hitter and, and yeah. run nothing. With you, Kim... During the holidays, do you notice, for instance, a person I know, uh, it's in another state, and when he was on the beat, he was in his blues as a cop, mostly all the calls that he got on the holidays was arguments between family members. Domestic disturbance. Yep. Big time. So. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it. Almost. Almost across the board, alcohol related. I was just going yeah, to say. Yep. Or, or other substances. Yeah. Um, I, my second Christmas, I told you about the first Christmas, I had to work a double. My second, there were two suicides during the day shift, Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. My second Christmas. People just despondent. Um, uh, one was recently divorced, and one of them I knew, and the other one did not know. I, and I covered one of them, and I, I was aware of the other one, obviously. Um, People don't realize that the holidays sometimes bring great sadness yeah. to people. And it's uh, the worst possible thing I can think of is going to somebody's house on a suicide on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's... Especially uh, if a family member finds them. My yeah. Because yeah, yep. there's just there's just so many, so many people there. There's kids there. There's adults there. You know, you lose a brother or sister or father or mother or, you know you know, aunt, uncle or something. So, and that's a big deal. And, and, but, you know, and that's probably obviously the worst case scenario, Yep. but were there any calls that you're on where you just, I don't know how much freedom you guys had back then. I, I know nowadays you have to be a little more, more gentle with your words, but are there, are there times where you just want to be like, Hey, listen, get over it. It's the holidays. I'm working. You are here. Enjoy your family. Sure, we said that a lot, yeah. and it was 
largely to try and chill them out so that we could leave and they could go on with their holiday celebration. And because quite often you would hear the phrase in a home like that, if we have to come back, somebody's going to jail. Right. Yeah. Because back in those days, there was not the protection for in spousal abuse situations that there is now. Someone could have been thumped in a home and the police would drive away if nobody wanted to say anything. Now, somebody's going. Right. Yeah. Somebody's going with handcuffs and somebody's going to the hospital if that's the case now. Back in the day, we would make the threat often. If we have to come back, somebody's going to jail. And I, I don't know the percentage of times that that was effective. Clearly, we would try to reason with people and cause them to allow cooler heads to prevail. And, you know, this is, in, well, like you said, we're, we're all in this together. You're here with your family, and let's, uh, let's do our best to make this a, a good day and, and do your best. I mean, I would talk my way out of um, fighting every chance I got on the job. also had liberty as a believer to um, offer to pray for people in their homes if I wanted to. That's awesome. I got in trouble. For it once, not really trouble, just got kind of scolded. But uh, I had uh, plenty of opportunities to do things like that. Too. Yeah. Did it, make, I don't know, was there a time that it made you not like the holidays at all because of that? Or was it always the thinking of, you know what, it's kind of actually makes me appreciate the holidays more because of the family I have and what I'm doing for my family? Yeah, there was some of both of that. I remember driving in on Christmas mornings and just praying that people would be cool and that people would just enjoy their family celebrations. And, um, I mean, it's rare that you get a, that you would get a routine call for a, a larceny or a, or a, 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 something stolen out of somebody's garage or a stolen car, things like that on Christmas. But occasionally that would happen. And, you know, that's a bummer, but that shouldn't ruin anyone's um, yeah. celebration. But yeah, I did have, um, a situation where, or a couple situations where I thought, man, I'll do just about anything I can to not have to work Christmas because people don't know how to act. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, sometimes people from family celebrations went to jail on Christmas Day. Yeah. Because they just would not. Just wouldn't be shoot. cool. Nope. Just, just wouldn't be cool. Yep. It's like, yeah. come on. Just wouldn't be cool. Yep. So that's yeah. about it, too. Yeah. To me, the one that I still just don't really like, I've had it, I've worked it a bunch of times, but at New Year's Eve, I just, yeah. I don't like being around drunk people, yeah, drunk, obnoxious people, and overly drunk, obnoxious people that are overly emotional. That's, that's like my least favorite. <laughs> my least favorite call is the grown man who's drank so much that now he's crying and super emotional. And I'm trying to still maintain have some type of decorum and composure just can't stand it man uh, when yeah. you when you wish one of his family members would walk up and just give him a good firm slap in the chops oh yeah yeah because of course we couldn't do that right yeah but you were thinking it you want to ask him would the five fingers save the face <laughs> <laughs> boom slap but, but yeah, yeah that's for me that's it that's those are worst new year's calls. eve is the ones is the one that it's just Whenever it's come up and I've been on, I don't mind. And, and you probably do have a lot more medical New Year's Eve, right? Because of the alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And alcohol so, related fights. And, 
Was there is there anything for you, Pastor Kim, that you know during New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever that again like Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas, was there was it the same thing with you, domestic violence, or did you notice a trend there? You know, for instance, just I, I know one gentleman that um he used to work New Year's Eve and where they lived, uh, it was it was close to our border, and because of that, every time when it was midnight, literally you knew where all the cops were going to be. They all they all parked underneath the bridge, because at the at the time <laughs> at the culture, soon midnight came off, everyone fired rounds in the air. So the people don't figure out what goes up has to come down. They, they do that in the plant. Yeah, do they? Yeah, it sounded like a war zone in Redford on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bananas, man. And and that's how it was. So they're like, you know, so is there, you know, something that was kind of always a trend or just? I do recall that um, there was surprisingly low amount of drunk driving on New Year's Eve. Hmm. People made provision to stay where they were drinking or get rides home. And... Um, the first few years that I was that I worked, it wasn't that way. But it seemed like somehow, some way, common sense hit some people who drank too much on New Year's Eve, and they wouldn't drive as much. I recall very rarely in my last twelve or fifteen years of police work, people getting arrested for drunk driving on New Year's Eve. There still were the usual domestic violences because yeah. people get stupid when they drink. But, okay, and but, people were just a lot smarter than New Year's Eve for some reason. They're yeah. like. For sure, I'm going out. For sure, okay. So and now there's Uber and Lyft. Yeah, yeah. I'll be out there on New Year's Eve, so don't be afraid to hit up your Lyft drivers. It's it's crazy <laughs> how that how that's changed. How everyone everyone has the same plan, right? Everyone's like, well, all the the rookie drinkers are going to be out, so yeah. either we're going to stay home, have a house party, get a party bus, or just stay where we started. Huh. A lot of people refer to those nights as amateur nights, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Okay, let's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. There's one phenomenon that I've never understood. Mind-boggling. Like, why on earth? That's they they call it the the busiest bar night of the year, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, bro. Why would you go get slaughtered? And then not even if you don't even like food, but now you're gonna be in a house where they're cooking food all day, hungover. A couple of people. I worked Wacko Wednesday as a lift driver. What they did is they would get home and they would sleep, sleep it off, sleep it off. And when they would wake up, most of them said they were famished when they got up. And then there was a feast waiting for them. So I guess there maybe there there are people who know how to beat a hangover, or aren't prone to hangovers. Or do you think there was just they're like, oh great, I have to go see family the next day, and they just I don't know, you know, wanting to get the courage. It is a crazy phenomenon, though. That, yeah, I, I honestly, I never really put that together. I never. Well, it's really... only been really the past probably five or ten years where they really promoted as that. Okay. Biggest bar night of the year. Downtown Brighton, that night before Thanksgiving, looked like it was the middle of July. Wow. There were twenty somethings running amok through the streets of Brighton. I don't and understand. It was nuts. So, <laughs> I just don't understand. So and so, working holidays. This is all the stuff you guys see. This is all the stuff you guys experience. It's all well, the stuff that... The perk to that, though, is if that's the case, and I'm working Thanksgiving as a holiday, I'm not going to see anybody until about three. <laughs> They're all sleeping. Mm-hmm. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's true. 
So that's crazy. Here's here's good. I don't know where we are. We're going to land the plane. I've just always appreciated it. I appreciated being in service, whether it was the military or now as a medic. So it's never really been that big of a struggle. I was really, really fond of being in the military for holidays. Just the way that, the way that, what always struck me is the senior, the topmost command staff, the highest ranking people would come in. They would take, they'd be well in Korea, they're away from their families too. But when I was at Fort Lewis in the States, they would take time away for their families to be in there and actually serve us a meal. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm a corporal to their brigadier general and they're scooping mashed potatoes. And shaking my hand and thanking me. Yeah, I remember that well. Which, you know, as as a civilian, again, it's like, it's kind of the least that I could do if I was that person, you know? Yeah. It's, you guys are there, you're away from your family. You know, the old saying, you're putting your life online, and some of these people are 20 years old and right. making, you know, 12 bucks an hour, and they're they're putting themselves in these situations where, you know, it, it's maybe a little shady or not. So that's all the kind of stuff you got to experience working holidays right. so that we can enjoy it and spend time with our family and keep our family safe and right. what have you. You know, I won't speak for all of us that are first responders or whatever, but for myself, as a veteran and a medic, I've always just appreciated the opportunity. I heard it once said, I heard a gentleman give a speech where he thanked everybody in the auditorium. He thanked Americans for his service, for the opportunity to to have the job he has. And as I've always, like, from from the heart, felt the same way. So just honored, you know, it is... Working the holidays, it is what it is. Because part of the part of the package, and just honored to be out there. So, so Americans, and, and that can be doing their thing, being with their family. Cool. Kind of how you felt, Kim? I love to serve. I still do. Um, love my military time. I was I'm st- still proud of it. I still think of it almost daily, as long ago as it was. And I uh, loved my career in law enforcement. felt very fulfilled and very honored to do it. I felt very appreciated most of the time by a large portion of the citizenry. Um, just my, my last little thing here is please, please, please pray for your first responders on a daily basis. First of all, that they would be, uh, uh, first of all, let's say that they would come to find Jesus. Secondly, that they would be safe, healthy, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. This is a big deal. So, as, again, as a civilian, thank you guys. Thank you for all the first responders. Thank you all the veterans out there. Um, I greatly appreciate it. My family greatly appreciates it. So, with that being said, thank you, Freedom Center, for letting us use this room. Thank you for our leadership here. Thank you, yeah, Pastor man. Jim, for Amen. being a veteran as well. And, um, and that's a wrap. Peace oh, out. Oh, oh. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.